0: And happiness with the Chuckling Goat Girls. I'm Sean Jones, and I'm here with my two gorgeous grown up daughters, Karis Colvin and Ellen Armstrong. And we have agreed this week to talk about cravings because cravings are the things that can knock you off the wagon. You're doing good, you're on your gut health journey, you're cutting back on your sugar, you're diversifying your fiber, and you think everything's great. And then suddenly, what? You get knocked sideways by one of those really intense craving. So let's talk about some things that we've done that work, some things we've done that don't work, some things, how do you set yourself up for success in dealing with your cravings? Um, and how do, what's kind of prep that we need to do to make sure that we don't fall off that wagon? Now, Ellie, you've said you have quite the chocolate craving. How do you
1: deal with that? Yeah, I mean, If I'm going to crave something, it's chocolate. I just love it. I'm not interested in sweets or jelly sweets. It's chocolate for me. So first thing I do is try not to have it in the house. Just don't have it in the house because otherwise I'll eat it. I'll hunt it down and I'll eat it. So unless I know I'm going to treat myself, I won't buy it in because otherwise it's gone. And I'm setting myself up for failure. Although we should point out that not all chocolate is bad. No, 70% dark chocolate. Great, fantastic. And I do eat that. That's a nice little treat. Um, Josh and I actually have that on our movie nights when we're trying to be well behaved, but we still want to have a treat and sit down and watch a film. So yes. And I find with That's that,
2: you don't need much either to kind of mm. get the sugar hit that you need. You don't yes. need loads and loads and loads of it. Um, you just need a little bit and I feel satisfied with that then, definitely.
0: Let's be honest. It's not Moorish in the same way that we're going to eat a whole bar of seventy percent, or you know, there's eighty-five percent and there's ninety-nine percent. And I'm going to tell you, I, I can't do that. I can't do that personally. Like, like, what? Why would you eat that? But just pointing out, um, real chocolate is actually really good for you. It's anti-inflammatory. So it's the sugar in the milk chocolate that takes it down the scale. So chocolate chocolate 70% or higher is good for you so that's
1: safe yes and I love that um, and also if I'm going to be working and particularly if I'm going down to the office I will take a tupperware of nuts mixed nuts walnuts are my favorites and they're really really good for you as well um, so I'll have walnuts and maybe some almonds or pecans and also some blueberries or grapes so, it's not like I'm just having fruit that's not really going to fill me. I'm having it alongside some healthy fats that are a little bit more filling. Um, and I'll snack on that. It's easy then. It's right there, right next to me. And I'll snack on it throughout the morning. So, that's my favourite simple snack. And then maybe for in the afternoon, I do love a Rivita. <laughs> I love a Rivita. Yeah.
2: I like the seedy ones, the ones covered in seeds. Love it. Yeah. yeah, those
0: are great. And rye is also an amazing fiber. So one of the things we're talking about a lot lately is fiber diversity and the fact that you need those 21 different kinds of fiber, Just wheat is not enough. Everybody these days is avoiding gluten and they're avoiding grains and that's been a disaster for the microbiome. So the more different kinds of fiber you get, the better. Uh, rye beta-glucans are an amazing thing to help you regulate your blood sugar and so rye is good, barley is good, all this kind of um, you know amaranth, millet, quinoa, buckwheat these are the grains that people don't usually eat, so the more we can get a fiber diversity going in our diet, um,
1: the better it is. So what do you guys put on your rivita? I like goat's cheese, spreadable goat's cheese. sometimes I keep it simple, and I'll just stick to a little bit of goat's cheese on my rivita. Other times I'll top it, and I put. I don't know if it's a bit weird but i like it i put nectarine on mine so you've got I the sweet and savory a bit of nectarine on top of the goat's cheese very nice. nice i also nice. like um
0: almond butter
2: yeah
0: and mm. peanut butter peanut is a legume it's not a nut and uh peanuts you can a lot of people can have reactions to them so actually it's, that's not the best kind of nut to have almonds are really good for you and the almond butter tastes amazing and it also doesn't tend to have the high level of saturated fat and salt and peanut butter can have a lot of sugar in it as well so i like hummus uh, I like. almond butter on ravita and put out slices of apple on top
2: makes me hungry
0: no right really nice um what do you do Kara? what do you put on
2: top of your ravita hummus? i like hummus i love hummus so mm. like hummus on top or just dip the right in hummus and put some like cucumber or tomato or something like that on top kind of like like you would a sandwich I suppose and just layer and layer and layer.
0: Hummus is awesome because of course it's made of chickpeas and chickpeas as we know we've got in our prebiotics so the the chickpea is a good uh, prebiotic and that's really good for your gut bugs as well. You know one of the things I've been thinking about lately is the fact that if you're gonna try to diversify your fiber, you've gotta go in thinking about that. Cause we didn't actually eat that much food in the course of a day. You know, before you know it, you eat your meal and you're like, oh, I've already filled up on veg and fruit and protein. And now, and I haven't had any fiber and now it's too late cause I'm full. <laughs>
2: so
0: yeah. I think getting, um, thinking about starting from a base of diverse fiber is gonna keep you full and being full is going to help fight your cravings.
1: Oh, definitely. definitely. That's the feeling I get from, from the nuts as well, mind. Um, and I know, is walnuts are they quite a good source of fiber, or is it just healthy fat? look, yeah, uh, and- no, they provide a good uh, source of prebiotic, and they actually grow your roseburia.: Yes,. Prebiotic. Well, there we go. That's, I do find I feel really full after my little bowl or tupperware of, of nuts. So Mm -hmm. probably because they're quite fibrous as well. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Fibrous and good fats. And both of those things make you feel contented and full. And so I think we don't always eat to fight our cravings. But if you start out trying to get that kind of feeling of fullness, um, I know if I have a, in my smoothie in the morning, if I put that Mm. tablespoon of flaxseed oil, which we recommend, Mm. and the oil kind of makes me feel full. And then I won't be racing around, you know, looking for something around 11 o'clock.
2: Yeah, I think there's been such an emphasis, hasn't there, on kind of five fruit and veg a day and all of that. And then so everyone's been kind of concentrating on that and kind of forgotten about getting a diverse range of fiber. I think, like you said, you just need to kind of think meals and things and think fiber is your base layer. You need that to begin with to make you feel full and get that diverse range and then build on that kind of thing isn't it and that's I think- exactly
0: right yeah that's a that's a great way to put it the, the diverse fiber needs to be your base and you start there and then put stuff on top of that definitely because definitely. i don't know how you guys are finding it but i'm finding a lot of the clients that i talk to who think they're eating they go well i eat a good diet i eat a lot of fruit and veg Mm -hmm. yeah avoid gluten they're you know carbs are bad and so people are staying away from carbs and so they're staying away from fibers and if you ask people are you having amaranth millet buckwheat oatmeal um any of these the good grains that don't contain any gluten
1: and Mm -hmm. they go amaranth what's that Mm. yeah definitely like you said i think people i i speak to a lot of people that are actually avoiding carbs and grains all because there's, you know, there's so many different diets out there. And I think a lot of the time people have been told to avoid carbs and avoid grains for several different reasons. But when they do that, they're missing out on the essential fibre. And it's no wonder that later in the day, they're like, mm, I'm peckish, what can I have? And then they might opt for something that's unhealthy because it's easier to access. They're at work, so they've popped into the shop or there's a vending machine there. I mean, what are you going to get in the vending machine? You're definitely not going to get a rivita, are you? So, <laughs> don't, I don't
0: think know. so. It's bad, isn't it? I mean, what if there was a vending machine and you could have, you know, you got like carrot sticks and carrot and celery yeah. sticks, and hummus, mm. rivita and like, why aren't there healthy vending machines? Why all of the convenience
2: food is just rubbish? Yeah, yeah. it's like healthy drive-throughs. I would love to create a healthy drive-through. So I love salad and kind of like adding like um, roasted pine nuts and oh, pumpkin yeah. seeds and all that kind of stuff to a salad. I would love just to pull up and go. I love that kind of drive-through, and that's what that's what we need. It needs to be easy for people to make the right decisions. So it's like with Max then now when he gets home from school and he's starving. Apparently, you know, I need to have something there ready for him, but not. A biscuit, a chocolate bar, something that is going to fill him up, looks nice as well, especially for kids. So I try and do like a little platter and he calls it a secret. So um I make him like secret? Yeah, he means secret, but he says secret. So I try and you know, I put things in a bowl. So I do put he loves nuts, Brazil nuts like dad. Mm he had pockets full of Brazil nuts, so he loves walnuts, almonds, and I do a little bowl of goodies for him that looks nice and it'll fill him up. And it's and he's like, oh, exciting, but it's not sweets, it's not chocolate, but yeah. loves it. And that that's what helps him with our definite.
0: That's an amazing plan. It is all about the preparation. You've got to think ahead on this stuff. Because it's almost a um I think of it like preemptive eating like you've got to eat before you get hungry before the cravings kick in because if you're being driven by your cravings you're not going to make good choices and actually that's not an accident either because we know that our gut bugs control our cravings and they do that through the vagus nerve so if you got a lot of sugar and then you have a lot of Sugar eating gut bugs, they want more sugar. The, the the broccoli eaters have died out, and the sugar eaters are loud and proud and they're they want what they want, and they're gonna reward you for eating sugar, you know, you're gonna feel great for a few minutes and then you're gonna crash. Um, and also they torture you if you don't, and they put stuff into your bloodstream that is the equivalent of a weapon of mass destruction and it makes you feel shaky. And you know, if any, if you if you've, if you've ever tried to detox from sugar it's a nightmare because your gut bugs are literally punishing you to try to make you eat the sugar. So we've got to sort of get the gut bugs on side with us. And I am um, it, my smoothie. Oh, I tell you what, if you saw it, it, it would horrify you. It's like a dark gray, green. It's not pretty. Oh no, it's not pretty. And I put Kefir and flaxseed oil and the complete prebiotic, which is kind of brown color. Mm-hmm. And then I put spirulina and some matcha green pea powder, which is green, mm-hmm. and then some St. John's wort. Um, it doesn't look nice. And it, it it's not sweetened. You know, it's like, it's, so you've got the tangy kefir and then you've got the spirulina. And then I tell you what, I crave that. And it's weird because it doesn't taste good in any way that you would. I wouldn't put it on a restaurant menu and I wouldn't post the recipe for it either. But I've been drinking it enough that my gut bugs now crave it. Yeah. They're getting what they need and it's the gut bugs that control the craving. So this morning I had my my porridge and I had my, I had it was diverse. I've been fighting this fight with Benji because he likes his oatmeal and I've been putting spoons of the diverse grains in more and more and he does complain about it but this morning I did half and half and he ate it. It was great and I had mine. And then I went, oh, I kind of, I I had a taste in my mouth of that, like tart spirulina, weird. And I just went, oh, I want that. I want that gray, green tart (laughs) drink. I can only explain that by my saying that my gut bugs now have gotten used to it and they want it. Yeah. So if you can get yourself over that hump of like, eat what's good, eat what's right, what you know in your brain is right for you and do that for about three weeks, then your gut bugs will come in and support you and start They'll start asking for what's good.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I really do think that's the case. You do start to crave healthier things because your gut bugs, the good gut bugs, have now taken back some control and that's what they want. It's like, you know, how we always explain that um, you can pretty much divide them into two armies. You've got the good bugs and the bad bugs. And what we're trying to do is ensure that it's always the good bugs that are winning. Um, And that's a sure way of doing it is feed them up because the army that wins is the army that you feed. Yeah. So true.
0: And eating, I mean, ideally five small meals a day, right? I don't, we've talked about this before. Like who has time for this? I always, I look up and it's two o'clock. I look up and it's, you know, it's, I mean, I don't have it that well um, organized. I, I am not at the whole five meal a day thing, but if you can have three meals and two snacks, yeah and if you know what those snacks are and you fought ahead and you packed your little Tupperware, then you're not gonna fall apart because you're eating before you're starving. I think you've gotta you gotta beat that craving by
1: eating something healthy first definitely, definitely, and we kind of we i think Karen and i we have that sort of routine for the kids, which makes it a little bit easier for us. so the kids have three main meals and then they have two snacks, and i it does make it easier for me then to regulate when I'm eating and the snacks that I'm eating too because I don't want the kids eating sugar so it has helped in um, reducing my sugar intake as well so yeah we try to make sure and plan healthy snacks for the children after they're back from school etc and yeah if I don't plan though that's when things start to fall apart so it Mm -hmm. is really essential that you're planning ahead or at least have something that's easy to access like the nuts that we were talking about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: here do you find that if you're making a healthy
2: snack from max and you're more likely to have a healthy snack yourself 100 percent. like i said there's little bowls of of things that i do for him because i'm prepping that for him i might as well prep one for myself and the babies too so then you know it's easier then isn't it and it's also about setting that example that, oh look mummy's also having apple slices with almond butter on it and some nuts and things like that it's not just you um obviously he's a five nearly five year old little boy there are times when he has the odd chocolate and things like that but making sure that that bowl of goodness is ready for him straight away when he comes in the door it's ready and he's like oh and he's happy he doesn't even question doesn't even ask for chocolate and things then so it's good. And it helps mummy. <laughs> but
0: isn't it funny? We we will do things for our
1: kids that we will not do for ourselves. Yep. I know. Yeah. I mean, the things that I cook now and the things that I prepare now that I have my own little one. Um, I, Honestly, I, I never used to do that for myself. Never. I'd never try and come up with new healthy recipes and look into ways of replacing the refined sugar. I it's mad it, it is mad I mean yeah you do it when you have children definitely a lot more than I used to for myself for sure definitely and I
2: think you've got to think of your gut bugs like that so you're training or teaching your children to eat in a certain way so like you were saying Shan, you've got to train and look after your gut bugs to do the same so you're now craving that muddy colored smoothie <laughs> because you've trained your gut bugs to like that smoothie so that's what you've got to think of as those gut bugs are your kids. <laughs> you know what? I
0: think that's exactly right, Kerr. I really do. I think that's a great point. And I know, um, you know, if there's a mom listening to us right now, I'm guessing she's nodding her head and going, yep, I will do things for my kids that I wouldn't do for myself. We're all like it. Um, mm-hmm. And if you can add your gut bugs to that kind of environment of loving care, these are innocent, helpless little organisms that are counting on you <laughs> to, take, to take care of them and give them what they need and not feed them rubbish. Um, we can't get ourselves into a virtuous spiral as mums because we have that superpower. And I, that superpower is, I will do things for my children that I would never do for myself. And that I can really extend, you know, my, my power out. I always think of the, um, there's a story of a, a woman lifting a car off of her child. Is that an American thing? Have you guys heard that over here? I don't hate that. Mm. It was a story that was in the news. It was a woman, there was a car ran over her kid and she lifted that car off of her child. And everyone was like, is she a weightlifter? She was just so full of adrenaline that literally she could do things in that moment that should have been physically impossible. But I always think you know, you want to see something really spectacular, put a woman in a corner and ask her to do something for the sake of her children. And she you will be amazed what she can pull yeah. off. So if we can get that working to our advantage, do things for your kids. And then because you're doing them for the kids, you do them for yourself as well. Yeah. And then you're modeling the behavior. You know, your kid is watching you. That is yeah. the That is the most important place. They are watching what you do. They're watching what you eat. They're watching how you respond to stress. You know, are you shoving chocolate in your face every time you get stressed? Because they're watching that and they're learning. Or you, when they fall down and bump their knee, do you give them a cookie and say, here, don't cry, don't feel your feelings, just eat this sugar? Mm. That's where like food addictions get started, right? In that, in that parenting moment where you're trying to make them feel better, but what you're doing is cutting off their feelings and offering them sugar instead.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You see it all the time, don't you? And it's not that they're trying, they're not consciously doing something bad. They think they're doing it because they just want to fix it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I agree, treats are not a form of, shouldn't be used as a form of trying to cover up a feeling or trying to um, suppress something that's happened. Like, yeah, it's, it's not healthy to do that.
0: We all do it and we do it to ourselves as well, right? Like you can go, well, I've had a bad day and I'm gonna have my treat. And I do it too, which is why it's a really good idea, um, as you were saying else, to have the, the box, the pepperware box of treats. We do too, we have a treat box. Um and it's out of sight you know it's like it's there but it's not sitting out on the table what's sitting out on the table or what's sitting out on my table right now I've got a big beautiful platter of fruit Um, so I've got apples and bananas and tangerines the big easy peeler ones and then I've got a bowl um, I'm lucky because Rich's brother Reese does these hand-turned wooden bowls and they're so pretty. Oh they're so pretty I love them and so I keep getting those for Christmas and I keep putting them out on my counter. Um, I've got one full of unsweetened coconut flakes with nuts and we nice. have the Brazil nuts because as you pointed out Rich loves them. and so those are just there and we just like they're easy it, so if you want if you want an easy snack, you're gonna get something you know healthy on the way in. If you want an unhealthy snack. You you've got to work for it. You gonna yeah, have to Go into the cabinet and dig to the back. Yeah.
1: I think that's good. Have you know, we got any um recipes? Yes. So something that's I think it's easy. It does take a little bit more prep. So maybe this is something you might want to do um the night before or possibly when your kids are having a nap or they're having some downtime what i do is refined sugar free flapjacks mm. and they're actually really nice the babies love them but i like them too <laughs> so you just For the baby um, was coming exactly. exactly that's exactly what happens i'm like sneaking some here and there and um, so you get your baking dish it has to be kind of like this thick you do want a bit of thickness there and you fill it with oats and milk i'm a fan of oat milk I really like oat milk because it kind of makes it creamy Mm -hmm. and then you can add whatever fruit you want. Personally, I either go for raspberries or blueberries and a mashed banana. Mix it all up, pop it in the oven for 20 minutes or until it's firm and then pull it out, let it cool, cut it into strips or into squares, flapjacks nice They're so good if you do want it sweeter which piss like you don't need it the banana is sweet enough as is but if you do want it a little bit sweeter you can add some medjool dates good stuff that sounds amazing okay yeah, fantastic
2: next week let's talk about
0: biofilm yeah it's my favorite a biggie
2: I know. right? Um,
0: So these are pathogens. We talked about the good bugs. We talked about the probiotics. And then we talked about the prebiotics that feed the probiotics. And now we're going to talk about the bad bugs. So as Ellie said, there are these two armies inside your gut and they're always fighting for control. And what happens when you get uh, pathogens from dental infections, skin infections, UTIs, and those suckers can migrate into your gut and set up shop there behind a biofilm and they can stay there for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. We're seeing this in the microbiome test. Um, we And there is a solution and we'll tell you what it is when we talk about it next week. All right, well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Gut Health and Happiness with the chuckling Goat
2: Girls. And we wish you and your family gut health and happiness. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.